Welcome to episode 86 of the Inside Jogging Podcast. Even more to round up than normal as we try our best to catch up on the last two weeks of action, including Copenhagen Marathon and the night of the 10,000 metre PBs. But before all of that, in a fortnight which saw the 10k world record holder busted for doping, let me welcome to the show a man who tried his best to bust a few bones this week by having a pretty nasty fall off his bike. How's the nappy rash, Joshua? Yeah, do you know what? I've been better, to be honest. Um, as you say, nappy rash. I've got quite a sore bum at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I'm in quite a, bit, quite a bit of discomfort. Yeah, we'll come to it in a second. Um, let me welcome our co-host this evening, who, if there's any Patreon listeners out there and want to hear his X-rated version of his intro that he's written for me tonight, then I might record that afterwards. But yeah, hopefully he's not been busting any more all-nighters this week. How's life, Shano? Um, yeah, it's, it's all right, but no more technically all-nighters, but we, we did miss our last train home from Nottingham on Saturday night, so. Oh, what's happening in Nottingham? No, we just, we just, we, we were on the, um, we were on the Highgate queue, so we decided to go to Nottingham instead. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, we'll come to that too. Um, hopefully my sound quality is okay. I'm out in Menorca selling it up. And after we didn't record this week, we thought we should probably do one this week. Although it would probably have been easier if we would have done it the opposite way around. But yeah, apologies for no show last week. My charger was back in Stamford and I was in London. And I couldn't really trust these two to try and put together a podcast. So I thought it was best to skip that one. Should we, you know what, Josh... You've had an eventful last two weeks. You can you can talk us through your weeks first. Yeah, as a great man says, what a day. Well, that's what I feel like every, every day has been like in my life the last two weeks. So <clears throat> where where to start, really? Let's let's start training. Um let me get my Strava up. And because I um well, what what I what I'll start with is I kept it quite quiet because I didn't really want too many people to know that I was gonna do Copenhagen marathon. The reason I didn't really want people to know is because I was pretty unsure how it would go um, because I'd had a pretty sore Achilles. And after I saw Alex, uh, the physio, he sort of said I should be all right um, if I did X, Y, Z, which I did. Um, but yeah, we'll come to the we'll come to the race. So do you know the date, Aaron, two weeks ago? 8th of May. Crikey. Oh, actually. I don't have to go that back that far on my uh, Shara. So 8th of May, one hour bike ride. So I was just in the gym. Uh, went in the morning. Tuesday I did. Uh, similar actually to the week before London, the, the taper really. I did nine miles with four miles at kind of what I wanted marathon pace. And that was about 5.07s. And that felt pretty hard, to be honest. So that was nine miles, 5.39s in total. And then Wednesday, I did 45 minutes uh, on the bike and I had been in the office um, that day and I jumped on the bike at half past nine at night. I was quite impressed with myself. Got it done still. Um, 
then Thursday, I did five miles easy and some strides. So that was six nineteens. Then I didn't do anything on the the Friday, um, and that's pretty that that was sort of planned um, as I did the before London. Then day before, um, so then I flew to Copenhagen. So the day day before the race, I did three miles at six thirty threes, and it didn't feel too bad actually on that. Um, like the whole the whole time I've been all of these runs I've been doing have been in vapor flies, um, and with hill races in. On the Saturday, I didn't wear the hill raises because I didn't really I, I didn't want to race in them because I, it just felt they they don't feel that comfortable to be honest. Um, so yeah, so I did that. I mean, it didn't feel too bad on the Saturday, and then I warmed up on the sun, Sunday morning, and that's the first time I've run two days in a row in probably about three weeks. And I could definitely tell it didn't feel great on the warm up. So I did the normal warm up um, or the same as I did for London, but I tried to scale it back a bit because I think when I did it in London, I did it too quick. And I think a lot of that was sort of being a bit nervous. Um, so I did five minutes. Um, that was like 6.20 pace. And then I did the uh, my drills, et cetera. Um, and then I did the five minutes. And I got down basically because there's a track next to the starts. I could control the pace a little bit better. So I got down to five tens. Um, so yeah, it averaged five thirty threes for five minutes. Um, and then coming into the race. So again, from the start, it was by far the worst it'd been in the last two, three weeks. And I was like, oh, this is this is gonna be a stretch to say the least. Um, so I thought, well, I'm here, I might as well give it a go. Um, as long as it doesn't get worse. And I managed four miles. And then I, I said to Norman Shreves at about 5K, because we went around two tighter bends and it really wasn't very good. And I said to him, I was like, I don't really know if I should continue or not. And all I needed really was someone to say, it's stupid to do it. And that's exactly what he said. So um, I stopped because, yeah, I think at that point, then I'm starting to go from the, you've got nothing to lose to you actually might just start doing damage. Um so yeah, we just binned it really. And I, I had gone off at a more sensible pace. Well, a more sensible pace based on the three weeks I had before because I haven't really run. So we kind of sort of running five tens to five twelves. So that was the aim. Um but yeah, four miles, five tens, binned it. Yeah. I was I pretty you... pretty like uh after that, to be honest. I think you're about sixteen, fifteen through five K, which is yeah, sort of yeah. two sixteen mid pacing. So yeah, yeah, a bit exactly. more sensible. You've done a well. I think I thought you'd done a pretty good job in the week before of convincing yourself that you were, well, outwardly convincing yourself that you were in shape to do it. Because oh, absolutely. I, the thing yeah. was, I wasn't worried too much about my the shape. The genuinely, no. I thought I knew I, in my head, I thought going into London, I, I could run two fourteen flat. So a couple of weeks of not doing much, then going at two sixteen pace, I thought yeah, that should be achievable um i was mainly worried about my achilles especially the, the few days before and that's that was what my main concern was because i wasn't too nervous going in which i don't know might have been a blessing in disguise might not have been but um yeah so shape wise i did i wasn't so concerned um but yeah that that was that really i flew back um flew back on sunday evening um and then I had a couple of days where I was like, well, there's no point running. 
and I actually haven't run since. So that was the Sunday. Monday, I didn't run. Tuesday, I didn't, um, sorry, I didn't do anything Monday or Tuesday. I did um, a bike ride on the Wednesday. So I got, uh, I can't remember if we mentioned in my last, on the last pod, I bought myself a new bike um, because I knew my, my Achilles had been a little bit sore and I thought I'd treat myself, be, uh, be nicer to do some cross training. So I did 30 minutes um, up and down the, the Black Cock, which is a, a climb near my house, which uh, Josh Griffiths liked. The co- comment was quite good. He said, how did it feel? Hard. Um, which it was. <laughs> so that's a, that's a thousand feet elevation or one 1,063 feet in 30 minutes. So it is pretty, pretty steep. Well, yeah, from, uh, from my house. Then uh, Thursday, I went out and I did 75 minutes on my bike. And there's a place called the Garth. And I looked on Strava on the, the segment at the, the steepest gradient is 42%, which is fucking steep. So, yeah, that was tough. Um, that was 2,400 2, feet of elevation in just over an hour. And then that was so that was Thursday. I actually didn't do anything on the Friday. Uh, I can't really remember. I don't think there was really a reason. I just I, I think I um, just didn't want to go out. Then Saturday, I thought, right, I'm going to get a decent ride in. Not too long. I thought maybe two to three hours. It was nearer three. So, again, I kind of wanted to do the hillier sort of um, loops. So I went out for mine. And just before I was about to turn around, um, I was descending down. It was proper, proper in the valleys. And it's quite a quite a country road. I didn't see a, a divot in the road, but I mean, to be honest, you couldn't see it even when I walked back up to it, but I was doing about 40 miles an hour and I've hit this divot and I've basically gone straight over the handlebars head first and hit my head. So if you want to see what my helmet looks like, go on my Strava, but my helmet's destroyed. Um, I then think I landed, it, it happened very quickly, so I don't really recall too much about it, but I then sort of followed through onto my shoulder and then onto my back. So I basically slid about 40 miles an hour on my bum cheek and my back. That's why I've got no skin on pretty much most of it. Um, amazingly, my bike is, that was my main concern when I stopped. I was like, shit, my bike. Um, the seat snapped off, like it came clean off the, the seat post. And there's a very small chip on the rear, um, sort of the frame. But other than that, it's actually amazingly unscathed because I think, to be honest, my helmet and my bum took the brunt of it. So I had to get home. I managed to get a lift. Um, so, yeah, got home and then I was like, I'm being admiring. I was like, oh, I don't know whether she go A and E because I couldn't really move my wrist. And also because I hit my head, I thought it probably is better. So I went out, went down to A and E, sort of waited there six hours, uh, had an X-ray on my wrist and my shoulder. And actually, they were both OK. So they gave me some cocodamol, which have been taken since. Um, and safely to say, I didn't go out on my bike on Sunday. So I had a day off. But what did happen on Monday, so we we're recording on Tuesday now, and I feel because it's quite eventful, I'll, I'll extend. So I woke up on Monday, felt fine. And I was in a meeting uh, just on Teams. And I started to feel a little bit sick. And I sort of got a bit of a headache. 
and I was actually sick on this work course. So I had to dive off, dive to the toilet, dive back on, finish the call. And I was like, I don't feel great. And I don't know if you've ever had it where you just can't think. My brain was like an absolute mush. I just couldn't concentrate or anything. And because I'd been sick and I had a headache, I was like, oh, I probably should get this checked just in case. So I went back to A&E and I waited there for another seven hours. Um, but they said because I'd banged my head and I'd been sick and had a headache that I had to have a CT scan. So that's what happened yesterday. The results came back clear, so which was good. Um, but they said that I had delayed concussion. So, yeah, that's where we are now. So basically, so I had today off work, actually, um, which is the first day I've had off work in about probably 10, 12 years. But I feel quite ropey. I can't wear underwear or shorts. Um, I can't really sleep much because whatever I do, and anything that touches my bum, you know, it's a horrible phase where I've basically got no skin. It's just flesh. So anything that I touch, it like seeps. So if I wear clothes, I have to peel them off, which also then peels some of the flesh away. Um, so yeah, sleeping is quite uncomfortable. Basically, everything's uncomfortable. Um, I think just... what the rocks you what you need to do josh is get a laptop for work and have all your meetings you're laid on the front just naked with your bum out <laughs> that's pretty much what i will be doing <laughs> um so yeah that's my life at the moment pretty pretty uh unenjoyable so hopefully you can get over this concussion stuff soon what what do you think the plan is then for the rest of the summer um well i was meant to be seeing alex again today to do the strength testing um but as i can't sit down we sort of said let's move that um so well we'll see how i am next week if i can do it next week if not probably the week after um and that's very much depending on what what my plan is so um rob wanted to know what alex said before we sort of committed to a marathon or which one to do but I mean, realistically, I what well, as soon as I can get back running, I shouldn't. Like, I should be able to do sessions because I've not really trashed. I mean, I've not done anything to to fatigue from. So I'd like to think I can sort of get reasonably quickly back into some sort of five ten k stuff. That's kind of what I'm thinking in my head. Um, and then yeah, plan a marathon. Which one? I, I'm not sure. I've got a few ideas, but um, yeah, I've not really committed to any or sort of even favoured that many really um but i've probably got four in mind i mean i know you didn't want to do this 3k but falling off your bike is a pretty extreme way to try and get out of it but july you need to get ready for your 3000 meter showdown <laughs> well what i said to one of my uh friends at work now we've decided to have to go to the office a bit more throwing myself off the bike at 40 miles an hour is a good reason to uh to have to not have to get <laughs> exactly yeah yeah it's the best way um, right, Shano, you can, can... can you beat that, Shane? You've um, not done much running. I can never beat that. I've done some running, but I, again, I've got a very, very boring, but it will, will be a very quick two weeks to go through. So, um, even I can't remember. So, last so eighth, did you say that was when You're, you did the ninth of May, you did a, a cycle because it's bank holiday Monday. It was so I did so on so on the ninth, I thought I'd. Yeah, so actually from the week before is when my knee was played up. <laughs> so it was irritating me. And Aaron gave me some advice that he got from ChatGTP to say that I need to go on the bike to move it. So that's what I did. 
listened. And but I couldn't really be bothered to go for it. It was actually quite painful to ride on it and put pressure through. So I thought oh, I'll just I'll cycle to where the lads are running and I'll um just cycle with them and then if it feels okay on the way home I'll do something a bit harder. Did that, got stormed on, was absolutely freezing cold. Like my shoulders ached. I was that cold, like from shivering. Um, so I went with them and just went straight home. That was miserable. Went out the next day with them, <clears throat> uh, finished the run again. And as I was just cycling home, which wasn't far, like two and a bit miles, again, I was looking at the clouds. I was like, I'm going to get stormed on again. Managed to get home, got the bike in the garden and absolutely started hammering it down and pissing it down. So I was like, well, I won't leave my bike. The rain can do it for me. So I left that in the garden. The next day, I was like, oh, I was just a bit bored of not running. So my knee was quite sore, but it was it was moving every day and it was um, it was swollen. So it was a swelling. I think it was causing a lot of the issues. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to go try and run. So I did, and it wasn't too bad. I did the warm-up with them, and then I did a bit extra, and then the lads did a session on the track, so I just sort of stood around and watched. And, yeah, it was okay. Uh, my knee hurt a little bit on the Friday. On the Saturday, I just didn't run, and on the Sunday, I was being quite lazy. So I'll, I'll be honest, I, I've, I've turned into where you were about a month ago, Aaron, where it's just quite nice not running. But then I enjoy being out running. It's, it's yeah. I've got used so you, to. What you mean by that is me for the last two years since we started this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah I was being nice, but yeah, basically. Um, however, last so last week I was like, well, I can run on it, so let's just um, let's see what it's like. And whilst it's still swollen, I wasn't getting any any I wasn't getting any adverse reaction to to running on it. My shin, by the way, absolutely fine. So I think I've just had enough time off of that. And uh, you know, I've been doing my exercises on that and stuff. So that machine tendon feels a lot better. So hopefully that's fine. Um so on the Monday, the 15th, I did 37 minutes at 706 pace. On Tuesday, I managed nearly 49 minutes. On the Wednesday, I did 64 minutes. So actually back to some some real distances really but on tuesday we we ran from collingham so i did a so we went to uh check out you'll you we've secured the cricket ground Aaron. So you'll be pleased to know good we've done that. and it's way better than stanford cricket ground so and yeah so we uh, so we ran on that got nearly got rained on again uh on that tuesday wednesday yeah i managed yeah i managed nearly 9 miles so quite happy with that because that will be my longest run in probably about six weeks actually I think and then on Thursday just after work I had about, I had about enough time to do a 30 minute run before we had our new cricket session or well uh, beyond that to veg sessions and the cricket club but yeah that was awesome so it was great to see a lot of people turn up and of all abilities and that went really well on the Friday, uh, went with a client in the morning, so just a bit of sort of slow running and um, and walking around. But and then in the evening, I wasn't going to run, but I had planned to be out all day on Saturday, and I was kind of forecasting a bad hangover on Sunday as well. So I thought I better go out. So I went out Friday, thirty nine minutes, ten seconds. Uh, for five point three nine miles, so pretty much all the running last week was around seven to seven twenty miling, 
nothing special, nothing hard. Um, Saturday, yeah, went to Nottingham for some uh for some alcohol, and that went well. Um, I had a lot of it, and I was violently sick. And Sunday was a write-off, which is as, as expected. We got a little bit carried away drinking and missed our final train home. So we sourced an overnight stay. And on Sunday, yeah, I, I wasn't feeling too clever. So I um I had a bad hangover. Any evening I might be able to get a run out, but I was like, I'm not too fussed. But we're on this week and I think I can yeah, I think we can start doing some running, Mike. What what did happen actually on Saturday is my swelling and my knee has gone down. So Shane's top tip. If you've got any swelling you want to get rid of it, don't ice it. Don't take ibuprofen. And there you go. It's my boring weeks caught up. The best the best thing about that was I think my Wi Fi cut out. So I'm pretty sure you said take Make sure you get alcohol in to help your knee. I think that was the the conclusion. Um, before my Wi-Fi, yeah, the correct the correct dosage of it. Um, right. Well, I'll I'll just crack through my two weeks. I had one week of running, one week of not much running. So we'll start with the good weeks. Uh, Monday, eighth May, I did nine miles in the morning. Just plenty of off-roading it's it's pretty cut like we've had a terrible spring haven't we i know it's got better now i've gone away but yeah weather was pretty pretty dull so round around the back of the quarry still a little bit muddy actually it, it was very wet in places because it's been very very wet um tuesday i did a session so i did three my warm-up and as Ben says in the comments, I need to name my runs because I had to go look and see what I did. But I did the equivalent of 2K, four lots of 400, but at the cricket pitch. So what did I do? And no, I didn't. Yes, I did. 1K, I did 200. 6.05 for 2K. And then by the looks of it, about 69.70s for the fours. Finished with a 60. No. No, I finished with a 60, 70. So pretty solid. Now that session on paper, I put 2K, four lots, 400. Because the recovery is pretty, it's like 200 between the fours and then sort of 600 between the sets. It's like nearly eight miles of running. So soon adds up. So I just did a two mile cool down afterwards. And then... Wednesday, by the looks of this, what did I do? Ran to the nursery, 45 minutes, 6.57s. I think I delayed this as long as I possibly could, and then I could manage 45 minutes. Thursday, for whatever reason, I did 40 minutes around the cricket pitch. It suggests to me... Oh, I know. So Thursday was it absolutely torrential rain. So I arrived at the cricket pitch to do a session and was going to do three-mile warm-up. And it started lightly like spitting when I started the first mile. And then it got it was horizontal and it was getting heavier and heavier. And I was like, if I just jog to three miles, it will stop. And I was like, just jog to four miles, it will stop. 
I got to five and I was like, I'm so my front half was stuck to my body because I'm running in circles. My, my back half was completely dry, but I got then got pretty cold and was like, there's no way I'm going to start a session. And I only had my vapor flies and it was wet. So I was like, this is just pointless. So that's why I didn't do that. Then I, I, I considered doing the session on the Friday, but couldn't bother. So I just ran with James in the afternoon, did eight miles at 7.25. Then Saturday, I joined Ben at the cricket pitch. He arrived a bit late, so I did nearly four miles warm up. And the plan was to do the equivalent of eight by K. So you do the first four off 90 seconds at kind of 10K effort. Then do two at kind of 5k effort off three minutes. Then the last two kind of at 3k effort, but still off three minutes. Now, this was all good apart from, you know, so whenever I run with Ben at the moment, we get into an altercation. And there was no groundsman there, so it wasn't the groundsman. But let's go through the first few reps. So we did 304, 303. 304, 301. We actually did that for 75 seconds. So all good. Then on the fourth rep, some cars start coming in to the cricket pitch. And I was like, oh, they're going to set up for the kids club at 10 o'clock. So this is about five past nine. So on the jog between the fourth and the fifth rep, I spoke to the guy who was getting some stuff out of the shed and was like, we're going to be gone in 20 minutes. You know, hopefully that's okay. And he's like, yeah, no problems. Like, completely dismissed it. I said to Ben, I was like, oh, that's odd. Like, uh, it just seemed a bit too dismissive of it. Next, so when we started the hard rep, it's, they were setting up for this kids' club, so setting up cones, and they put the plastic wickets about... Oof, I'm trying to measure that in my hand. What's that? That's probably about six inches right eight, eight inches in your life isn't it yeah what so about an inch an inch from the cricket circle they put the these stumps and i was like why they've got the whole cricket pitch but anyway we came around on the next lap so with 200 meters to go and this lady had placed her two sort of nine ten year old children on the cricket boundary where we were running so me and ben sort of said watch out and then as they moved in, we got abuse from, from somebody. And I we've, we had 200 metres to go, and I sort of just said, well, like pretty calmly, but you know when you're running hard, it's never going to sound really calm. But I said, well, you've got the whole cricket pitch. And so anyway, when we're jogging around on the next lap, the guy stops us and has a, has a discussion. And me and Ben want to carry on for our session, so we're kind of like trying to, appease him and saying look we don't want an argument we just didn't want to hurt anybody he was like you're not going to hurt you wouldn't have hurt anybody we're like well okay well we would have ran into them we would have hurt somebody and he's like you could have gone around them we're like yes i said yeah fair point we could have but we're using the cricket pitch boundary and it's long grass over there and we're doing we kind of want to use the boundary and he said yeah but you could have run around them i said well, yeah, but you could have also moved in a couple of meters, maybe. He didn't like that, so we agreed to disagree and just carried on. But anyway, so 
the next rep, we started the next rep, but had far too much adrenaline. And I just did two laps by accident. So we did a 220, 800. Then we did a 257, 256 and finished with a 249. But that 249, I was trying to run as hard as I could so we could get out of their way as quick as possible because I just couldn't be bothered. I just, you know, in the last few weeks, we've been moaned at for running on the road, for running on the path, for running. You get moaned at for running on an athletics track. And now I get moaned at for running around a cricket pitch. So just can't win. Anyway. Maybe, maybe the maybe the trend is you. Or Ben. Yeah, true. I can't imagine Ben being very confrontational, though. Well, no, but to be fair to, to him and probably me, we were quite nice about it. We didn't want an argument. Because you're in the middle of your session, you kind of want to carry on. I was like, because he, he came up with these arguments like, it's our, we own this cricket pitch. And I, I knew, you know what I'm like, I will always argue. I knew in the back of my mind, actually the council own it. And therefore, I own it as much as he does because I live in Stamford. But I didn't raise that point with him because I thought that's going to escalate it. But anyway, that was that. So we did a couple of miles cool down. Then Sunday, me, James and Ben and Mike Channing. Well, Mike did 10 miles, I think, or 11 or maybe 12. And then we did 16 miles at 709s. Um so pretty decent week. Someone can find out that mileage. I want to say it's probably around 70. 70. Yeah. 70.1. Now we come into the following week. So on Sunday night, I went down to London because I had a conference. And as I said the other week, I don't like London. It's too busy for me. I just don't like people milling about at seven o'clock in the morning. So Monday morning, I tried to... So I was staying near Kew, like across the ri the river from Kew in Brentford. And I tried to get across the Thames, failed, and then ended up just running, sort of had to go over the main road and ran out of park for a bit. Didn't like it. But that was eight miles at 7.06ers. Then Tuesday, Tuesday morning, I didn't sleep very well in the hotel and thought I could run after the conference, and we'd went out for dinner quite early. And that's when I realised I didn't have my charger to record the podcast. Had a few beers on Tuesday, just a couple. Wednesday morning, again, didn't feel like running, and thought, I'll run when I get home. I didn't, I didn't then feel well for the rest of the week, so I sort of binned off the rest of the week. And I'll come back to the alcohol thing in a second. So on Saturday... I flew out to Menorca and now the now we've gone to the EU, getting through airports takes a long, long time. I don't know how what, how you found it in Spain getting to Spain, Josh, but passport control, especially for like holiday destinations now, takes forever. And then I had a hire car, I had to go pick up, that took about an hour and a half to pick up because you're waiting in a queue of people. And yeah, there was just no way I could run Saturday either. So, so yeah, Sunday I I got out in the morning, and I ran down the road. So I've been to this. We're in Calablanca. I've been here before, so I know where to run. 
and I ran down the road and I thought I'd come back on on the so there's a, a trail around the whole island called the Cami de Cavells, I think it is. It's like hundred K maybe around the island. I've actually been on it from the Calablanca point and remembered it being terrible when I had to turn around after like 200 meters. For some reason, I thought it'll be a good idea to try it again. Maybe it's changed in the five years. No, it's sort of like you you end up like rock hopping. So I I think my a couple of miles in this run were at like nine, 10 minute miling, but I was running, just sort of hopping across rocks. So that was that. Now, since then, I've I've done a couple of runs out here, which have been fine. But I had on Sunday night a pot. I had a pint. I think there I'm allergic to alcohol. I'm going to put it out there. It's a thing. Sick. The next it's day. Yeah, it's a thing. Mm. Yeah. Now, now I had more than a couple of pints this recent, most recent time, but last year. The amount of times I went like just to the pub in an evening for like two pints, and the next day I had a full blown hangover. Well, I've, I had one, and I felt sick ever since. I'm still queasy there. Not good. So alcohol is is banned. Like we were talking about it today. Do you reckon I can get away with clear alcohol like gin or vodka? That's yeah, probably good so, for you, right? So me, me, and a friend of mine actually who's big Brentford fan we had the idea of trying to work out an algorithm so <laughs> what what alcohol you can drink combined with what post alcohol food produces what type of hangover it's not been going well I'll be honest yeah anyway um last week what did I do 12 no 14 miles so back on it this week while I'm out on my training what? account does, does high, this mean highest mileage yeah, Shane got the highest mileage last week. Taking it with what, like thirty? Yes. Now, just quickly, while I've been on this podcast, my followers has gone down from two thousand four hundred ninety nine to two thousand four hundred ninety eight. So somebody's not been liking my content this week. So gonna have to up the game. <laughs> um, right? Should we go to Strava leaderboard? Because while I'm speaking, we've just driven back from the beach and. I'm with, obviously, my wife, Jenny, and Eliza, her mum and dad, and her brother and his wife. His brother, Her brother didn't hire a car, so we've got a five-seater car between seven. So I ran to the beach, Mark cycled, but they're walking back the long way. And at some point, I'm going to get a phone call to have to go pick them up. So hopefully it's not in the next half an hour. Um Right, so Strava leaderboard. Josh, you're usually pretty keen on this. Probably yeah. not now. No, running doesn't exist for, since the last two weeks. Do you do that? Um, Just quickly, whilst... when, you, when, you don't, when you're not running, are you looking at any running content? No, none at all. I did, what, what did I watch? I did watch the Manchester 10K. Other than that, I just don't care about anything. Yeah. So I've got. I'm pretty. De- I'm pretty depressed right now. There's a guy top. Called... I, I can. Uh, yeah, I'm on it. I mean, that, his longest run. Yeah, I mean, when if you if you call yourself anything on on Strava and it begins with an at symbol, I mean, 
yeah, nonsense. Is this is this a Strava bit, Josh? Do you want to go off on one? Well, yeah, I think we should put it in there. I mean, his name is at, oh, I can't even say it, something Johan Team 1825. Your team doesn't need to go ever in your title also. That's another thing. Um, I'm disqualifying him. So top of the leaderboard last week was Kieran Walker. He's back at it, He's 105 back. miles. He's back. Yeah. And now uh, in, third, in third, there was Jasper the Flash. And I've got some background to Jasper. He messaged us in over our last couple of weeks. He, he likes to hear his name each week because he actually doesn't know how much miles he's done. So he gets his mileage from the podcast. So that's, that's incredible. Useful. He's a bit like you, Shane. He's a coach, uh, still a student, still doing an MSc in training performance. So he's basically Shane, but actually runs. So that's Jasper. We should collab. Yeah. Um, top oh, woman, so I found the first woman... And I've had to scroll down to 97th on the list for this. Oh, Charlie's, Charlie's, Charlie Thornton is in 27th, 76 oh, okay. miles. Missed her. Oh, yeah. Wow, well, seconds is 97th. <laughs> so, yeah, Charlie Thornton, 70, uh, 77, we'll give her, round it up. Um, so, Josh, what's your, what your moan? So, I've noticed this a few times, and... I don't understand why people celebrate over the line of a race if they've not won. I don't get it. I think the only time it's acceptable to celebrate is if you've won the race or if you've achieved like um, uh, an Olympic qualifying time or world championship. But even then, the celebration has to be tamed down quite a bit. And it yeah, really, really annoys me. I'm with you on that one. I'm going to add another. I'm going to add another branch to that. I, I get it if like people are, what what they've done was like really really hard for them to achieve, and they're like, ecstatic with what they've done. So I would I would, I would go another level and say I ex I accept something that you don't, which is where some people have like done something and they're dead proud of their achievement. However, yeah, no, I don't. You don't know. However, what does wind me up is when people do it every single time. Mm. Like I, I, I hate when like if you've got I don't know. Uh, like if you if you did a marathon, Josh, in two thirty, and you celebrated over the line, would hammer you for that. To be honest, if I finished, I'd celebrate at the minute. <laughs> I don't have the energy to celebrate when I finished. But... <laughs> Yeah, so a lot of people just do it for like the finish line photo and like I don't know. Yeah, it winds me up. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you on, on that for sure. Now, as we've not got any listener questions this week, we've actually had a lot of listener sort of DMs. I'm just going to sort of scroll and maybe see what we've got on here. First, first things first, though, we got a message from from Jake Smith, basically saying that he was high up than us in the the running running podcast charts now quick shout out to people we need to get higher up these charts because we can't have jake beating us the way for us to do that is to get some review more reviews i haven't looked at the reviews in a while so if any of you want to go on to whatever podcast platform you use drop us a review it will not only Positive. get us higher up yeah well whatever you want it will only not get us higher up the leaderboard 
it will give me some content for the next few weeks because we can read out a few of those and and see what you you actually think of us so get reviewing people um now i also got a message in from mark joyce i'll put try and put this in a link or maybe i'll share it on our instagram it came in from world runners on instagram and there's a guy doing some warm-up drills and he says is this what happens when shane turns up late before his race so shane when you turn up late your next race this guy he's he jogged in so the, there's a the timing mat there's a gap of about two meters and everyone's behind this this rope apart from him and he's doing over excessively enthusiastic drills and a few jumps and yeah i think that's probably what you do um, yeah I, I, can, I can do that it's not it's not bertie bob is it probably <laughs> he his drills are incredible aren't they then we had a message we've had a message from a couple of people asking about malaga shane any updates yeah. none yet i'm uh probably just gonna have to enter and pay off 55 euros mate <laughs> got no re- okay. response no reply i'm not big enough name yeah fair now a serious shout out came in from john glanfield this week now john lives in felixstowe which is actually where my mum lives in suffolk and he's a long-time listener and his fellow club member ben jacobs he actually died last thursday got knocked off his bike so he's what he was he wanted a shout out for ben and if anybody's interested in in adding to i think there's a fundraising page i'll, I'll add it in the in the links in the in the podcast but i mean after hearing what happened to josh this week you know getting or falling off his bike and i've heard a couple of people get knocked off their bikes recently it's yeah it's not it's not overly safe on the roads these days so just just take care but but yeah it does sort of give you a reminder that yeah life is short so that's that's a serious note from us but yeah hopefully we can add to the fundraising page for for Ben Jacobs, I I'll put the link in the in the show notes. Um, moving on to some some other news, I think it was last week, it may have been the week before, but World 10K record holder Ronix Kiproto was issued with a doping charge. So if you don't know Kiproto, you probably should. He's the 10K world record holder. Um, he got bronze, I think, in the the World Champs in Doha in 2019. So he was so he's not been suspended yet it's a charge i think it's his a sample um his blood passport indicates doping it's probably more interesting because he's don't know if he's the first he's, he's probably the most high profile of of brother colmo connell's athletes to mm. to get a doping charge so O'Connell is the man who who coached Rhodesia and quite a lot of the more middle distance type Kenyans um, over the last probably 20 years. Is Kip Rutu the guy who, did he break the 10k world record in an old pair of Adidas shoes? Yeah, he did it in a pre-carbon Takumi Sens. And it's funny actually, Shane, because do you remember, Shane, did you go to the briefing at Valencia? Yeah. When the guy, he all he kept saying was about how fast the course was because Kip Ruto ran so fast pre-carbon. 
And everyone's like, well, yeah, we wonder why. Yeah. Yeah, well, that wasn't the world record, was it? It was at the time. Oh, was at the time? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it is anymore. Okay. So he was he was world world record holder, but potentially not there. That's yeah, that I'm pretty sure that's right. Uh, anyway, it's a, it's another one, isn't it? Hopefully another one, you know, if it is true, another one off the, the list. It's it's getting a bit ridiculous now, isn't it? I feel like I speak about gonna, it every week. It is another one off the list, but they're going to keep coming over the next few years. Yeah. So, I'm just looking. It's actually still the world record. Okay, mm. but isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's funny. I, that might not get I, struck out though. It depends on when the samples were, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it should do, shouldn't it? It's it's a joke that doesn't, um, because the likelihood is if he's been doping, he's been doping for a long while. But the the interesting thing I always find is. Uh, probably you two find the same you know us three are probably pretty cynical of it all and i think you find people who are maybe being at let's say a slightly sub elite elite whatever you want to call it level in the sport there is a lot of skepticism around it all and i tend to not really believe much of what i see these days and certainly when you speak to recreational runners they're always quite surprised at how sort of skeptical you are of of these things and this is why you know it's not me just based on a load of preconception it's based on factual evidence of every every week enough ones getting getting done for it and whenever they get done the sort of same arguments come out of everybody's doing it so why would i not so yeah yeah and the, the thing is you, you i don't know you you um it, it might be a bit of an elitist comment but when you you train and you get so close to it and i don't mean that we're close like absolutely not but you 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 train with people who are even closer than where we are and you see what work they do you see what goes into it and then when you you see them basically getting battered by over a mile in a marathon by some of these people people you've never heard of before debutantes at the age of 22 or whatever mm. and it, it is it's it is hard so i think the only well, way you can the only way you can believe that is legit is if you were doing that yourself and you knew 100 you were legit so mm. I, I think it's it's a tricky one i'm like i'm I'm quite cynical but this might be something you need to cut out i also don't really care over that much um from a personal perspective because it doesn't affect me it doesn't affect a lot of sort of my circle of and my relationship with running. And I think that I don't think it's ever I don't think it's ever going to change. And I don't think it has ever changed from anything what it wasn't before. Um no. I think it's a level playing field at the top. I just don't think it's a clean one. Yeah, exactly. Interesting question though, while you two are busy typing away trying to put me off my, my trail of thought. What's how far do you think doping goes down the the sort of ladder into into you know local athletes where do you think it stops well i, I, I think because do you not remember the guy from hercules wimbledon that got busted and he was what a 66 minute runner yeah so i mean that's slower than what all three of us have run yeah maybe, and I, maybe I, I think josh is on, on drugs <laughs> <laughs> i am at the minute i'm on shit loads of cocoa 
<laughs> I was going to say something else then. I can, um, I can, I, I would almost guarantee it. Somebody at Parkrun is doping. Guarantee it. I um, when you say Parkrun, what level do you, are you are you saying? I, I reckon somebody running sixteen minutes is, is doing something. I'm not saying oh, blood yeah, doping. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm saying you know thyroid or whatever it may be. Bending the rule. You've only got to look at the types of individuals that are in our sport. I think it goes I, deeper than people think. I yeah, think no, I actually agree as well. I, I do, and I, I don't know. We're seeing run, we're seeing more and more people get into running who yeah who who do a lot to try and be as good as they possibly can and throw a lot yeah. of money from it. And I think we've seen this in other amateur sports like amateur triathlon, where people just do everything they can to get as much out of themselves. And I um I I, I agree with you. But then I, I think yeah, maybe on a lesser deal, people just sort of yeah. fixing the system. To get However, there is that American guy, isn't there, who's like now into his forties, I think. And he's got he's like a billionaire and he does every bit of treatment available to make it. He says he's got a, the body of an 18-year-old. So oh. he posts about his VO2 and stuff. What I know it's not great. Yeah. 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 Sorry. He, spent, he, spent, he, sp he spends millions. Yeah. I've yeah. not but heard this, but it sounds like nonsense. No, he does. He, he spends millions on, like, so many supplements in a year just to try and do everything, and he just doesn't really train <laughs> properly. Yeah. Yeah. Right, let's move on. Let's go to some actual results. So we've got a few to catch up on. I mean, so the week before last, obviously Copenhagen Copenhagen Marathon, where Josh was, um, some some decent times from from some of the women out there. Um, first Brit home was Philly Bowden in two twenty nine sixteen, which means she's the thirty third British woman to go under two thirty. Did you see her after the race, Josh? Um, very briefly. I think one, one thing, actually, and I know you're going to cover the other results, but just be before, is I was amazed at how many of the Kenyans um, were wearing non-top-tier sort of top -tier branded shoes. So in the top three, in the men's, is it Li Leaning, the Chinese company? Yes, it is. First, like second, that. and third in the men's race all wore that, and the women, the win, the winner in the women's race as well. So they must be pumping some some cash into a trying to so, get into the market. So that was Solomon Kiwa and Kenneth Keita and Edwin Kiptu were the first yeah. three three men. Um, let's try and find female. See if my um. Danish is up to scratch. It was Rhoda Cora Tanui in 2.23 and yeah. Valentina Matiko. That sounds like a Ukrainian, Russian, Kenyan name. Uh, 2.25.05, then Philly Bowden, 2.29.16, third. So podium for, for Philippa yeah. there. And other, other Brits, Anya Culling, PB in 2.34.45. Um, yeah. And then Salio Gorman was 12th in 2.41.58. On the men's side, Alex Lawrence had a decent run for 2.19.38 just outside his PB. Matt Cree in 2.20.21. 20, 
And there we go. Shelston 10K. Callum Johnson broke 30 minutes to run 29.45 up in Scotland. Then there was Bristol 10K, which was won by Gemma Steele in 34.09 and Chris Thompson in 29.45. I saw Alex Milne took the win in the half, 68.55. He did an easy 10 miles either side of it just to to round up the mileage of the day. Um, solid 33-mile day. That's massive, considering he did London as well. Yes, he's doing Comrades, I believe. Um, a friend of the show, Matt Bowser, may have wound him up on Strava, I'm led to believe. So, I think that's probably it from the previous week. Let's go to last week, where we have plenty more to talk about. So, Night of 10,000 PBs, did either of you two manage to watch any of it? Uh, I watched both of the A races. Um, yeah, didn't watch the B race. Uh, the B races. So I'll talk through the the women's race first. So it was, well, I'll tell you the results. Josh can talk me through it. Um, Alan Adan was, is she the first woman to break the 30 minute barrier on British soil? Yes, must be. That is a good question. Must be. Know. She's far, fast time ever run on. So she ran 29.59. So only women to ever break 30 minutes on British soil, I'm going to say. Um, and then Jess Judd was the fastest Brit in 31.09. Sam Harrison just pied her in 31.11. Amy Eloise Markovic, 31.17. What are your thoughts, Josh? <laughs> probably goes back to that question well what we were talking about earlier about being skeptical um no i mean she she overtook minister courtney who was pacing probably certainly before halfway and she just literally just front ran she front ran sub 30 um so she dropped a big uh well reasonably big last lap i think she ran 67 last lap um but yeah i mean very impressive um to yeah certainly to run that on your own what were the conditions like? Uh, it's always hard to say watching the stream, but I mean, it looked it looked pretty good. It didn't look because the the A races are later, aren't they? So it's I mean, it's getting dark, so generally it's it's not going to be warm. Um, it didn't look too windy or even breezy, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it like I say, it's hard to say really on this on the stream. Okay, so the men's side, um, Paul Chalimo was over in the UK. He took the win. In twenty seven twelve, with a fifty eight second last lap, um, just outside of the twenty seven ten world champ standard, which is phenomenally tough, uh, mental that it's twenty seven ten for the standard. First Brit home was Andy Butchard twenty seven forty seven, Zach Mohammed twenty seven fifty six with a big PB, and Ellis Cross twenty eight twenty seven for the British podium. Um, interesting race, that one. Yeah, I mean, again, you go back to what I said about Copenhagen. The I think is it Kip Run, which is I believe Decathlon's running brand, have now um, sponsored Kip um, Achilimo, which I mean you never heard of otherwise. So that's quite interesting. That again, it's another another smaller brand trying to compete. Um, yeah, Achilimo looked really good. Why Why you say that? I I was led to believe the guy who won London. Kelvin Kipton was it? He's yeah. he's also sponsored by a small little brand, and he wore his Nikes at London, so they can't be too pleased at that. 
throw money at somebody. He, he's he was wearing full nightcap. Yeah, I I read on Let's Run somewhere sponsored by this little brand, and I it just so. ignored it. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So yeah, no, Chilimo. I think that they sort of started to push away. One of them overtook Johnny Davis again, who was pacemaking um, just before just before halfway. And so yeah, I mean, they they all clearly wanted to get get going. Um, and yeah, Chilimo ran the last sort of couple of probably a couple of k on his own. Um, and then yeah, tried to. He was definitely working, but he tried to sort of pick up the last lap, so it'd be just missed the time. Um, so yeah, no, it was a good race. I think the my favourite part was probably Andy Butchart last hundred meters grabbed the beer and necked it over the line. Still ran sub twenty seven fifty. Incredible. Fair play. Yeah, that's good. That is. Um, any other thoughts or takeaways from the ten thousand? Because there's plenty of races on there. Anything else interesting for the night? Uh, if I'm honest, I haven't actually looked at anything else from the night to be, to be fair. Okay. Just, I just checked out uh, the results the other day uh, of some of the other races. I, I mean, even the under 2800s, under 17800s, great standard. Some of the earlier races for the men and women, really good standard. I think it's, I mean, I, I can't, I don't know how many years I've been doing it for now, but it's still going, it still gets better and better every year. So, what, ye- what year are we in? 2023. Yeah. Must be what ten years old now, is it? Ten years, two thousand. We were in Portugal, boys. That's true. Yeah. Two thousand thirteen. Yeah, Chalimo coming over, winning in yeah twenty seven. Yeah, that's phenomenal, isn't it? That I mean, getting big names like that, and like in the getting some of the, the Kenyans, um, Ethiopians in the women's race as well. And like Wayne Nicoletti came over, she came second. You get some really big names, and all that's ever going to do is just attract more big names. So. Um, yeah, and and you talk about obviously on the women first first woman to break thirty on British soil, you know back when this started or when I was getting introduced to ten k running on the track. I mean, she just had fourteen men in one race break twenty eight minutes, and yeah, on and they can't, brilliant. I was thinking they can't have been many people that have run faster than that in the men. What twenty nine fifty nine? No, no, no twenty no in the UK ever. How many people have run faster than 27-12? Oh, probably, probably the Olympics. The Olympics in 2012. I don't know the how quick yeah, that... Yeah, I mean, I can't think, of, can't think of many others. Yeah, world champs also in London. I don't know. I don't know what they... And, and actually, this might be borderline better. I don't know. 31 guys under 29 in that A race. All in the A race? That many? Yeah. In in the men's B race, twenty eight fifty one. So another one. So thirty two people sub twenty nine on the evening. Thirty two men. I've not not really sub thirties. Anyway, anyway point just going just going back to that in in the Olympics in twenty twelve they didn't they ran slower they ran twenty seven thirty. In the okay. men, I'm looking now. Uh in the. 2017, they ran 26.49. Fuck, that's quick, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. A championship race, that is. So, yeah, not messing about. Um, yeah, quickly, Butchart said, I don't want to be the grumpy old guy, but track has lost it elsewhere, but it's definitely here. The hype is real and it's incredible. I don't think there's another event like it in the world. Um, and then just a Chilimo, or sorry, Chilimo, he said... People count me out sometimes, and I like that. 
I went to the Olympics and they carried me out. I went to the world champs and they carried me out. I'm a championship machine. I always show up. So he's confident of a, a big summer. Good to see. <laughs> you need to have abandoned first. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, Manchester 10K, where should we start there? Um, so on the men's side, Eob Faniel took the win in 28-27. Mark Scott, 28-31 in second. And Stuart McSwain, 28-35 for third. It seemed a bit slower this year. I don't know what it was like last year, but times across the board just seemed to be a bit slower than, well. It, it did. I've it. personally never done this, but I don't think it's the quickest course. But do you know what? It was a really good, the men's race was a really good race to watch because the guy that won went off from the gun and they let him go and they started to catch him and Mark, oh, there's a couple of moves sort of Jack Rayner and Mark sort of pushing the pace to try and catch him. And he thought they were going to really easily catch him at halfway. And the gap sort of was getting smaller and smaller and smaller. But with about probably 2K to go, Mark really put the hammer down and he broke away from the others. But it, it got to a point where it was like, well, he, they're not actually catching him anymore. Um, and yes, yeah, so it was really interesting just to watch that dynamic of them trying to catch him. But fair play, because that lad's run, run away from a, a fair few really good athletes. Um, yeah, takes balls that, for sure. I, I yeah, did see them, as, and I don't know how accurate they were, but I looked at the 5K splits, and a lot of people went through and like sort of, um, oh yeah, a lot of people went through 5K quick. So I don't know if the second half is slower or not. Yeah, I think the first, I know the first K or so is downhill. So I'm assuming it's the last one's uphill. Yeah, and just quickly, it was it was Mo Farah's penultimate race, his last race to be at Great North. He faded to 29 11, I want to say. Um, something like that. Um, but, but do you know what? Actually, you say he faded. Of all the people around him, he was the one that came through. He let them all go really early. Um, true. And he actually caught quite a lot in the last home, in the home straight, really. Yeah. Then on the women's side, Helen Abiri made it two Manchester wins in a row. She took a commanding win from gun to tape. Um, she is obviously not too far after Boston, so pretty pretty decent recovery from that. Uh, go on, Josh. No, no, sorry. Was it Jeff Church who was in second? And then Callie Fakre took the British win in third in 32.51, just ahead of Steph 12 in 32.54. Any more comments? No, it was quite quite close um, in the women, uh, the the British women at least. Not the no, overall, Helen was well clear. Because uh, riding Rose was just behind um, Steph as well, so three of them finishing quite closely. So... What what are you boys up to next week, Shane? What are you up to? Uh, I'm going to do some running, and um, got a bit of an easier week at work. So yeah, probably actually not a lot to be honest. Mainly run. Josh, how's your recovery going to go? <laughs> well, I think the the first stage of my recovery is being able to put underwear on. Then we'll progress from there, really, because I can't really leave the house. That's the problem I've got at the moment. Um, because every time I bend my leg, obviously where where the you know when you've got a, a wound and it starts to scab over, and then when you move that 
part of your your body it sort of breaks the the scab obviously every time i move my leg that happens so i'm trying to sort of stay as still as i can um yeah so to be honest i really don't know i'm i'm certainly not going to be doing any running this week uh i don't really want to ride my bike at the minute either and i need to get a new seat so i probably won't do much this week the new josh change man wow i'm going mental like literally mental i went for a walk at lunch but i'm hobbling um i had to obviously i obviously i did put um shorts on then but it's like i come back from a walk and i'm peeling my flesh away from my shorts it's horrendous so Lovely yeah stuff. well i know shane needs to go for a run i need to go pick up a few people from their little walk along the coast i am um... I need to fix my Garmin by the looks of it because my elevation has dropped off the last few runs. Um, it's quite annoying because I had quite a lot of elevation today on my run. I thought that'd be impressive for once. But but yeah, so I'll fix that. Enjoy some sun and we'll catch up. It's sunny in the UK, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's not bad. Not Wales. Yeah, it's not bad. Sunny where Shane is. Anyway, you enjoy yeah, your yeah. run, Shane. Yeah, Josh, enjoy your holiday. You, you saw out your bum. And we'll speak again next week. Yeah. See you there, guys. Bye-bye.